Hey everybody, welcome to a new and sparkling clean episode, I'm just kidding, it's me fucking filthy, of <laughs> Sex and Other Human Activities. My name is Sarah Benincasa, that is Mr. Marcus Parks. Yes it is. We are at twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa and twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. Marcus, of course, runs uh, Cave Comedy Radio. Of course, CaveComedyRadio.com. Which is a wonderful place to go for all kinds of comedic content. And you can find uh, episodes of Sex and Other Human Activities on CaveComedyRadio.com before they're available on iTunes. Yeah, and you also before. can find out the other... Uh, Marcus and I do four podcasts together. Um, <laughs> so we do uh, two for Breakthrough Radio, and you can just look up our names on there and find their BreakthroughRadio.com. But you can also go to CaveComedyRadio.com and listen to the podcast we do with Mr. Ben Kissel, which is called Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. It, it is a political digest. Comedic, of course. Yeah, it's hoot and a holler, I'd it's, say. It is a hoot and a holler. Pretty lighthearted take on politics. Yeah, it's I'd really... Say. It's fun, and it's silly, and it's goofy, and Ben has a very nice gravelly voice and occasionally I will say sexual things about his girlfriend Mara because I'm not afraid to express myself in that way about his very nice uh, girlfriend who is taller than me and um, which most people are and she's very pretty and I'm not going to get into it but uh, I'm just saying there are things about her that I like very much so here we are Uh, Marcus and I I think it's fair to say are both in a bit of a deflated depressed mood today you know what I say it is I say we are uh, deep in the summertime blues. Yeah, man, absolutely. Is it? It's. Uh, see, I even missed the solstice or the equinox, whatever the fuck it is. Hmm. And it's summer for real now, right? Yeah, like that happened last week, oh, and yeah. I missed it because I've been so busy. And um, you know, some of it is. Uh, it's always good to be working. I appreciate that, um, but the uh, it's intense it's a lot i'm learning a lot of new things with some different projects that i'm working on i'm a perpetual freelancer but um you know the thing about freelance is that like your work never really ends because you can take it with you wherever mm. you're not chained to not and marcus you know this very well like when you're at home there's probably times when you're like man i just want to chill out and watch some bullshit tv that i love oh but wait i have to get that edited i have to get that in we've got a deadline i've got to talk to that you know advertiser i got to talk to that person who's doing social media over here i got to you know mm-hmm. actually i have uh tried to alleviate that uh i don't take my computer home anymore I'm not doing that this weekend. We've got a three-day weekend coming up. It mm-hmm. is the 4th of July week, pre-4th of July weekend when we're recording this, 2011. In case you're in the future enjoying us, you're welcome. I hope that robots have taken over and that they are delightful sex companions. But um, I, I told myself, and it's hard for me. It's really hard for me. I don't know if it's an American thing that we're just trained to work, work, work like dogs. We it's, are. We really are. We're like, like, the Japanese are worse than we are, but we're pretty fucking bad when it comes to being workaholics and just work. It's my life. Work, 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 work. I'm not human if I'm not working constantly all the time that's by far my mindset like if i'm if i'm not working i'm not if i'm not working i'm stressed out as fuck and if i'm working i'm stressed out as fuck oh yeah this weekend when i I went to los angeles this weekend and of course um had a great time had some did some meetings did a couple of shows at the improv comedy lab and at uh did something at the underground annex with dc pearson and eliza skinner it's called magic bad comedy that was very fun did family hour with auntie sarah out there Mm. family hour with auntie sarah uh east can be heard each and every month on BreakthroughRadio.com. Marcus records that podcast. And um, so it, it just, you know, and, and talking to a director who I'm going to do a one-woman show with. and then But I was also out there with my gentleman caller, uh, Benari, who's been on the show. And um, so that was, this was our, I hadn't seen him for about six weeks. And uh, he's, you know, we're not like, we're not exclusive, but like we may as well be sort of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, you know how it is. Um, if things were different, I think that we would uh, probably be doing that. But he's going away for a year, and that's kind of weird. So um, so he's in the Army and everything, and, and we were out there. He, I hadn't seen him for six weeks, uh, four-day pass, vacation. We went out there. We had an amazing time together. Uh, he also, he's a writer, too, so he had meetings to go to. So we were both trying to do the, like, L.A. career thing and say goodbye to each other and have friends. And yeah. it was a lot. It was really fun. It was really packed. We did Kevin Smith and Jen Schwalbach's uh, Plus One Per DM podcast, which I know a lot of you listeners who are new um, listen to that, and you found us. Marcus and I threw that show because I talked about sex and other human activities, and I talked about Mr. Marcus Parks with Mr. Kevin Smith. Yes, and my name, yes, my name really is Marcus Parks. Marcus J. Parks. Marcus J. Parks. Marcus J. Parks. Marcus Jordan Parks, to be uh, completely exact. 
Marcus Jordan Parks. That's yes. a really sexy name, dude. Thank you. I didn't know it was Jordan. Yeah, I don't Jordan. know why I ever asked. I don't know yours either. Sarah Juliana. I have a J. I'm Juliana. Oh. Mm-hmm. I picked that for confirmation. It's a beautiful name. She was, thank you. She was not a saint. We were supposed to pick saints. She was venerated in the Catholic Church. She was a whore. This, she was a whore. There's different <laughs> levels of elevation. Uh, wait, that makes, that's so, that's levels of elevation. That's ridiculous. Ungrammatical. But anyway, she was, uh, you can be beatified and you can eventually be canonized as a saint. So you got canonized, below that's beatified, and below that I believe is venerated. Juliana was venerated. She was like a 12-year-old who wouldn't let a bunch of Middle Eastern guys rape her, so they stoned her to death. That could be happening today. That's the kind of thing that happens today, where Benari's going to Afghanistan for a year. So that's where Juliana's from. When I was 13, I really vibed with that story. I was like, right on, man. Good for sticking your guns. Now I'd be like, uh, just look, like, just like blow one of them, and then run away. But that's me. That's me. That's just you. Uh, but uh, no, I wouldn't say that to a child. I'm a good person, everyone. Jokes. So <laughs> we're there, and you know, we definitely got some great fucking in, which was wonderful. Um, hotel fucking always enjoyable. Uh, I love hotel fucking. Really fun. Uh, I feel so much. It feels so dirty. Yo, it was extra dirty. Cause check this out. We're, I'm on the plane out there to meet him, and yeah. I'm like, "What's that? What are those stirrings in my loins?" Ooh. And I'm like, "I have my." I, we like got to the hotel, and I'm like, "Let's do this," and we're like doing it, and then I'm like. I sort of had cramps, but didn't. And then I was like, wait a second, what is that? Like, we, I hadn't had sex, you know, since I'd seen him last. So I was like, did, did like, my hymen grow back? <laughs> like, it's just, I kind of wanted to, like, drive to an Orthodox community, an Orthodox Jewish community, real hardcore, like, Hasidim types, and, and just, like, hold out the sheet in front of them and be like, I am a woman now! <laughs> I was so excited. I wish that we could fast, like, go back in time to medieval times and where everyone had to stand around to make sure that the royalty fucked on the first night i heard that happen sometimes but no we didn't do any of that we ascertained simply that it was my period and then he was just like i don't give a shit and i was like not. this is why i love you who among us has not gotten rusty cock at one point or another it's oh, beautiful it is it's uh, he referred to it as the red badge of courage and i was like <laughs> sir i said sir excellent he's like uh, he's i'm like did you make that up and he's like no it's just a thing people say and i'm like i've never heard anyone say that before i love it i think you may have coined that yourself and he would not take credit for it and i was like well that's just offensive to me that you will not own that you just came up with an amazing turn of phrase if anyone can take a a civil war era novel and turn it into a term of perversion i'm happy with that exactly it's a beautiful thing so we banged we had a good time and uh uh, you know, we had sex in the shower, we had sex on the couch, we had sex in the bed, we didn't have sex on the floor. Um, we, he rented a convertible, which is so fun. It was like, just like, Aww. woo, California! And he wore his army costume because that's what I call what he wears because I'm like, that's a stupid job that you shouldn't have. I think it's dumb. Uh-huh. I find it offensive. You could be working at Starbucks and getting health insurance. That is a costume. You are in a stupid play involving murder. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, but, but came back suit like, Depressed, like definitely cried before, um, cried a bit on the plane, cried when I woke up Tuesday morning, cried in the bathroom at work a few times because I'm, I'm the website I'm freelancing for. I work on site with the team, helping like helping get ready for launch and shit like that, and um, cried like going to sleep, cried when I got up today, cried at the dentist's office. You've cried a lot. Yeah, cried in the bathroom again. <laughs> Was considering crying on the on the subway platform. Glad I didn't. Ran into Mr. Ben Kissel at Grand Central Station. Well, he probably would have been turned on by it. He would have been like, that's awesome. Can I see your boobs? And I would have been like, well, maybe. Could uh, you rub your tears on your boobs? I'd be like, yes. Uh, on your sweet tates, as he always says. Correct. Ben Kissel, I will do that. Um, just a lot of crying and a lot of like the like not, not taking pleasure in normal activities. And I know that it's, this is the kind of... Uh, what I'm experiencing is the kind of sadness where it's normal. But if it lasts for, say, more than like a couple weeks where you're so down in the dumps you can't get out of it like there's a real there's a real problem there which brings me to you <laughs> how have you been feeling because i noticed as soon as i saw you tonight when i came in uh i was just like something's up with marcus like did he have bad sex is he just did something sad happen like just something in your demeanor even though you look very handsome very healthy and tan thank you uh and you know what there's been i'd say for the last couple weeks there's been at least one person a day asking me that exact same question Mm -hmm. it's like are you all right like is there something going on uh and oh jesus i'm sorry it's quite all right speak of the devil it's the soldier i'm hanging up on him right now uh because we've got more important things to do (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I was as I was saying, um, you know, whenever someone asks you, like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, is there something wrong? And whenever you're in this sort of funk, in this sort of, like, people like you and me who suffer from, from mental illness mm-hmm. uh, and have, you know, fully accepted it... Um, Whenever people ask you if there's something wrong, uh, what is it? Like, the answer is nothing. Like, you say, like, you know, is there something wrong? Like, you say, like, no, because there truly isn't anything wrong. Yeah, like, like things in your life are going reasonably well. Things in my life are fucking amazing. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, just created this own, my own... Uh, uh, internet radio station. I've got the best friends I could possibly have. I have people who love and respect me. I have people that I love and respect. Uh, and yet, uh, I'm fucking miserable, like all the time. Um, and whenever people ask you, you know, like, are you okay? Uh, you can't say no. Because like, then they want they want to know why, and then it, you're like. Because this is my brain. Yeah. It's this like, is a, just do, you have, do you have a lifetime for me to experience <laughs> to you? Because it's everything. Yeah. Uh, and I used to go to a psychiatrist uh, on the regular. Um, and I had one for a little while that I just did not like her. Uh, she was, I felt she was judgmental. Uh, she just, whenever I would talk to her, she'd just say, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it drove me fucking bonkers. And then she'd make judge faces. Yeah. And then she'd make yo. And then she'd make judge faces. uh, And she wouldn't smile with her eyes. Oh, Uh, it was yeah. Yeah, which which is just creepy. You were like, are you sleeping? (laughs) I was talking to somebody in my family who was saying like an older woman in my family who goes to see a shrink. She's like, I think I'm switching mine out. I was like, oh, why? And she's like. I honestly think the chick might have fallen asleep. She's like, granted, I wasn't saying anything super exciting, but. I'm kind of paying, you know, I'm paying her $200 an hour. Yeah. I'd, I'd like her to be awake. <laughs> I said, Auntie, I think that is perfect I and think it's fine. That's a good thing. Uh, this one, and she, and then at the end of it, she'd just throw pills at me without actually discussing why uh, she thought I should be taking these pills, what they're going to do to me, and completely ignoring anything that I had to say about it as far as, you know, like, hey, this, this thing has really bad side effects. Uh, how's about we try something else? She's like, no, 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 I think you need to stay on That's this. That's super you irresponsible. Know, like, really, ba- really bad side effects that were affecting my sexual side effects that were affecting my life uh, very, uh, quite a bit, you know, and affecting my happiness in turn. Uh, so I got rid of her, and I haven't had been in a psychiatric care for god six months mm-hmm. something like that and i uh, have just been taking my m- one medication my bipolar medication is a medication called lamictal which they also use uh, for seizure patients uh and i didn't even think that i needed anything else because i w- i was on the the uh zoloft and then i went off that and i'm mm-hmm. like oh and then i quit smoking pot i'm like oh okay like you know i'm fine you know i'll, I'll be good like this is this is but perfectly good for good. you like to quit quitting smoking pot it can be tough and also good for you as a like when you're a bipolar patient as you well know like you need to stay on that shit you just need to oh yeah pretty much for the rest of your life and you've spoken about this before very openly very bravely like it's good for you like if you're gonna if you're if you're bipolar and there's like one thing that you're gonna fuck with or just be like I don't want you know it's not gonna be your bipolar meds no. you know you want an ad- if you adjust it under a doctor's care and if you think that the doctor who you're with is giving you the wrong dose and they won't change it you switch to a different doctor but like you don't just go off it because the psychotic breaks that happen can be really fucking crazy they can be terrible so good for you for staying you know compliant with that and well, it's- and it's fine if you just felt like you didn't you know like I went off Prozac several um I guess like God like four months ago, five months ago. Um, and that's the kind of thing to me, like in, in my life, in my situation, and perhaps with you, the part, the thing that I take Prozac for is like less, you know, it, it's just, it's more manageable. That is more mm. manageable side. The, the like, you know, there's pa- panic attacks and shit like that are a little more difficult for me, but the depression stuff is just kind of, it's more manageable. Everybody's got their, th- if you've got like multiple diagnoses, sometimes one of them isn't as bad as the other shit. And that's how I am. Right. I've got multiple diagnoses. Right. Uh, bipolar disorder, uh, of course, like the, and the the depressive side of that is, is much, uh, much, much worse mm-hmm. than the manic side of it. The manic side I've got under control, which is good because that's the one that actively destroys your 
your life. Yeah. Um, and I've said this before, is it like what how manic depression works is that whenever you're manic uh, or whenever you're depressive, you let your life fall apart. Yes. And whenever you're manic, you actively destroy it. Uh, so it's a very dangerous thing to uh, to fuck around with. Uh, but after I went off the, the Zoloft, and the Zoloft, by the way, made me hypermanic. Uh, oh, no. So these things were interacting in they really were interacting weird ways. In, yeah. in weird ways, yeah. Zoloft, whenever you're on, whenever you're bipolar, can make you hypomanic, uh, which for me translated a uh, fucking ugly sluts. Wow. And, and uh, just ugly. <laughs> what was uh, the. Don't you think that was just like maybe life choices? <laughs> God, I, I hope. Maybe you were just you were really horny, and well, so you just picked. I mean, well, uh, then well, here's it was what that, I understand. And I was I was drinking constantly. I wasn't taking care of my. You were shit. also I didn't dealing. Care in, about you anything. were also dealing with the aftermath of a breakup. Yeah. I so was. you were like you had a few things going on. You were drinking a lot. You were smoking a lot of weed. You were maybe on the wrong dose of meds or the wrong combination of meds. And at the same time, about six months ago, this is when you're talking about you were having like boner issues or like stuff like that. Well, not I never I've never had boner issues. Was it ejaculation? Ejac- Calculation okay. issues. Yeah, yeah. So all this no, the boners, shit's going that's on. Just, uh, like sometimes that, that is not a problem. So all that's going on. What made you decide to go off the Zoloft? Was it that you were it, horny constantly? Was it that you were horny constantly but could never come? It was that I was horny constantly and I could never come. Oh, and it frustrating. Was, and it was also, it was extremely frustrated. And uh, I also wanted to take like one more expense mm-hmm. out. And I was feeling great. So I was, it's that classic mistake that everybody that's on meds makes at least once or twice. Yeah. I feel great. I need to stop taking my pills. Right. When it, in reality, you feel great because you're taking your fucking pills. Yeah, like, a lot of times that is it. Everyone makes that. I, I think everyone who's on medication makes that mistake at mm-hmm. one point or another. And for me, it's taken me six months to realize that that. And I'd say I've been going downhill on this one for uh, a good, you know, four or five. Uh, I'd say I haven't felt good in probably like four months. Haven't been happy in like four or five months. Just been miserable most of the time almost almost the whole time uh and really what made me like go back and like go to the psychiatrist was so many people asking me if i was okay and showing this like genuine concern and also just like waking up every morning super anxious uh being anxious a lot and being just extremely just sad and just not smiling at all like the way i i mean i work in comedy and the way that i that i put is that my life has become all laughs and no smiles like well, I laugh. Yeah, you're all also the time. surrounded by a lot of people who. One thing that when I was at Emerson College before I had a nervous breakdown and dropped out, finished somewhere else, Warren Wilson College, holla. But when I was at Emerson College, I you know I didn't go there to be a comedian. A lot of comics have come out of there. I believe Marin was there. I think I think Marin was there. Um, Jay Leno graduated from there. Uh, David Cross was there for like semester. Laura Keitlinger was there. Like there's different comics have come out of there. Uh, Dan Levy uh, also more recently, and. When I was there, what I didn't like was I was there to be a writer, and I was surrounded by people who were always on. Hey, how are you doing? Great. They this very really, it was more of an L.A. personality than a New York personality. New, yeah. New York is too cool for school. Um, L.A. is like, hey, how are you? What can you do for me? I'm looking over your shoulder while I'm having a conversation <laughs> with you to see if some more important, more famous is coming in. And so they all had this. A lot of the kids were from L.A. They were, this was their like East Coast adventure before they went back to work at Daddy's Commercial Production Company or whatever. Yeah. And um, so I didn't like that. And a lot of them were comedians, aspiring comedians, etc. And um, so you're surrounded by people who are always on, and that can be really fucking just draining. Like if, yeah. And if, I'm surrounded by a lot of people who are all the always, time. always Constantly. on. Constantly. And, and you have to keep up with them. And it's just like, like you, you, uh, ha- you have to do it, and and it's it's just all it's all part of the job. And whenever you're already exhausted, like I mean, I'm just, and now I've reached the point in the depression where it's like where I'm I'm physically exhausted, yeah. all of the time, and I, I don't want to do anything. I don't care about anything. Uh, I mean, the only thing that's keeping me going right now is the. Uh, the respect of others, you know, the respect mm-hmm. that, that I have of others, that I don't want to let all these people that I, you know, love and work with, I don't want to let them down. Uh, that's what's that's what's it's keeping obligation too. It's a sense of duty. It's sense of Your duty. Sense of duty. Is exactly. Keeping my, you going. my sense my sense of duty is what's keeping me going right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but you know, otherwise, I mean, I'm just fucking duh. God. So I went to this new psychiatrist okay. yesterday. How did, do you now? Do you have health insurance? No. Okay. So that's this is another thing that. So for people who are listening, I'm sure a lot of you people listening 
um, don't have health insurance because statistically in our in our country a lot don't. Uh, we also have a sizable chunk of listeners from the UK and from other parts abroad um, who may not be as familiar with our system. So here's a brief rundown on the situation. For a lot of times, people like me and Marcus get hired in the United. We get hired here as freelancers, and that means that we are not staff. We can be fired at any time. I believe uh, that also means we the uh, that our company will not pay into our unemployment benefits. We can apply for them on our own. But whatever company we're freelancing for is like you're not a staff member. I'm not paying into your unemployment benefits, and I'm certainly not paying for you to have health care. So we have to spend it on our own. My last company um, paid for my health care. They took it out of my paycheck, and it's a good rate. And uh, then when I got laid off, my show got canceled, I had the option of continuing my health care coverage, but I'd have to pay for it myself. So I pay $520 a month for my health care coverage. It's a great plan. If, God forbid, something bad happens to me, I will be covered up the wazoo. It's it's an expensive plan, but it's also a very great plan. Um, However... When you go to a psychiatrist, what often happens, whether you've got health insurance or you don't, is this. They want payment up front. So when Marcus and I go to the shrink, the shrink is like, hey, uh, my rate is $250 an hour if we've got health insurance. She's like, oh, I'll give you a receipt. You submit it. They'll reimburse you later. Some health insurance reimburses you within a couple weeks. Most, it can be uh, a month to six months. And so that's a lot of money up front that you're putting out of pocket and you know marcus and i do not make all that much money in our lives so it's a big deal and that's why uh sometimes some people i i haven't been to a shrink in several months because i just can't afford the upfront even if i get if not if i get reimbursed for some later i just can't yeah so we wait until we're in a really pretty shitty place like marcus is to finally go and that's what you did thank god yeah and i i just i couldn't go i couldn't do it anymore and i went to this woman and she Right off, I immediately liked her. Cool. Like she and and I, I actually I prefer to go to women because I find that I have a a much easier time talking to women than I do to well, men. Well, you have an excellent rapport with females. Like not just not just that you're like an attractive guy and chicks dig you, but I mean you have an excellent rapport with females. You make eye contact. You listen. You ask questions. You have a kind of feminine sensibility about how you can communicate while still being very dudely. Well, I love my mother. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, my, my, out of my two parents, my mom was like the dominating force, and the the first friends I ever made, whenever I was a kid, were girls like Ginger, two, Ginger, and Julie, and, and Julie. I exactly. Remember. Oh, very nice. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Uh, so you know, that's that's just that was just sort of bred into me. But yeah, I can talk to women much easier than I could talk to men, uh, and so I walk in, and it also doesn't help. She's a cute, or it doesn't oh, hurt. Jesus she's you cannot a, she's make a out. How old is she? Uh, she looks like she's probably mid thirties, mm-hmm. something like that. Mid to late thirties, something mm-hmm. like that. Oh my god, cute you as hell. Have sex with your psychiatrist. I'm not gonna have sex with my psychiatrist. Well, if she's a good one, she will not have sex with you. Exactly, and she's actually kind of my type too. Uh, but is anyways. she an American Apparel model who's half Asian and who's 21 and from Brooklyn? No, she's a little bit more uh, petite, thin, but not rail thin. Mm-hmm. Uh, like beautiful. Um, like brunette hair, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, I guess, sort of a, a like a longer face, mm-hmm. like you know, kind of a, a thin type, longer face. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's pretty. She's cool. foxy. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's got pretty, the foxy she's really, string. She's super foxy. Uh, and I I came in and I sat down. And I just start talking, you mm-hmm. know. And I felt like the the last psychiatrist I'd gone to did not really wasn't really interested in what I had to say. This woman, like, she listened, she made eye contact, she just sat there and just listened to me, asked questions at the right time, kept me going in the same, in the right direction, uh, and really, and I was able to just, I mean, give her my entire, like, medical history in, like, 45 minutes, and yeah. what's going on with me, because she was able to keep me focused and keep me going. That's very important with the psychiatrist that, you know, she she obviously knew what she was doing. And at the end of it, she uh, prescribed me things that no one had thought to prescribe me before. Uh, I had been the things that had been descri- or prescribed to me before had been like SSRIs, mm-hmm. like your generic Lexapros, your Prozac, Prozacs, Paxil, yeah, your Paxils, your Zoloft. That's a class of drugs, um, folks. That uh, they're sele- they're called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, and they're named that way because they work in a particular fashion in the brain. But there are also MAOIs, and there are oh god, there's another version of SSRI. There's a lot of different classes of drugs.
drugs, doctors will sort of try out on yeah. people like me and Marcus to see what works with our particular brain chemistry. And I think that those are thrown out a little bit more than they should be. They sure are. Like, I, mean, I yeah. think it's people throw those up in a fairly lazy fashion. It's a very prescription happy culture. It, it is. A pill can fix everything. We want instant gratification. Mm-hmm. We over medicate our children, like blah blah blah, etc. So um so should she prescribe you stuff for the depression? What she prescribed me because mm-hmm. I have both depression and uh, obsessive thoughts. Like, so your your diagnosis is bipolar, um, but you also have OCD. Yes, right. Oh, it's not OCD personality syndrome, which mm-hmm. that's where you have to. Uh, that's where you have to like all your forks have to be in a row, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got to do the doorknob every few times. OC, true, like OCD is just having uh, obsessive Unw- thoughts, unwanted like, thoughts. Yeah, unwanted thought syndrome. That's what uh, Maria Bamford has, and she she does a show about it now, a live and show called had, Unwanted Thought Syndrome. And she had an album called that, which was fantastic. Yeah. And a uh, funny thing about that is that right after I got diagnosed with that, like I've been diagnosed with that like two years, and right after I got diagnosed with it, I went and saw her live, and I interviewed for sh- one of the other shows that I do and I uh, I told her I was like hey listen you know like I just got diagnosed with this too and she gave me the biggest hug and like and wrote down like all these books and like websites and oh, things that I should go what to. What a cool fucking girl. She was so awesome man. So fucking great. Uh, but what this woman put me on uh, which I'm kind of surprised that no one's ever tried this before uh, considering my crazy eyes and my creepy smile. Uh, you do not <laughs> have crazy eyes or creepy smile but what did she put Uh, you on she put me on an antipsychotic she put you on risperdal Yes. Oh, okay. My yeah, dad. Yeah. My dad's company makes that. Hey. Thank <laughs> you for paying for his golf game, sir. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. She put me on. Uh, she put me on a uh, Risperdal, and I just started taking it today. Uh, and she also gave me some anxi- anti-anxiety meds, not mm-hmm. Xanax, but the one like right, bu- right below it. Not Klonopin. Uh I can't remember what the name is. It starts mm-hmm. with an L or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but actually, those don't really. I took one of those today, and never was feeling all jittery. It didn't really help all that much. Just made me really sleep. That's why. I'm Really it might just make you sleepy. Right yeah. yeah. Well, one thing, uh, like one thing that is really helpful for anxiety is just to cut out your caffeine if you still, if you have any caffeine. I've done that. And cut out your like your as much processed refined sugars you can, like candy and cookies and cakes and stuff like that, which you probably yeah. already did. Um, and yeah, yeah, Risperdal is um, that's been um, that it is a very powerful. It's a powerful drug, and it's uh, generally, like, from what I know of it, I haven't used it, and coming from kind of the perspective of sort of the corporate side from the company that makes it, like, sort of only know uh, know certain things about it. And one thing I know about it is that it's um, it's, it's a very high efficacy rate, but also... Um, People become non-compliant, which is when which is when you don't take your meds because they feel better, mm. and that's when they have crazy psychotic breaks that are really intense. And like the, I also know that the earlier you catch um, bipolar, the uh, less likely you are to have these big psychotic breaks. And the earlier you catch it in your life, and so this is great. You're in the, your 20s. You caught it many years ago. Mm. Um, you might change the way you treat it over the course of a lifetime, but um, the earlier you catch it, the the better it is. Yeah, it's like catching something somebody. When when they're at hypoglycemia before which is what happened to me before they've continued on their way into type 2 diabetes of course um, yeah. which is a whole other set of things so that's so that's good yeah try it and like really um if it doesn't work it doesn't work but like just g- give it a go and see how it goes i mean it makes me feel kind of weird because this stuff is mainly used for schizophrenics it is yes yeah, it's but it's what she told me is that like there's a, a schizophrenic dose and a non schizophrenic dose yeah schizophrenic dose can be can be high yeah. Yeah, something high. like I mean, it's like I'm taking like 0.25 milligrams a day. Sounds small to me, <laughs> you know. And I think it's also yeah. worth doing not not like going to weird GeoCity sites from 1997, but <laughs> it's worth looking in the popular like in in popular literature, like in you know in the your New York Times, your LA Times, your Chicago um, sometimes shit like that, like seeing what's been reported about it, yeah. um, and also. Going to, you know, you can, don't get too freaked out, but just, you can just kind of look up, I mean, see how it works for you and make sure that she's really open with you about the side effects are, because sometimes with drugs like that, weight gain can be a side effect, which is not a huge problem for you because you're skinny as fuck, but weight gain can be, can be a big side effect of that. Yeah, she said that uh, at the dose that I'm taking, weight gain probably won't be an issue. 
That's good. If you were a chick, it, who it would like chicks would care more. But it's like, <laughs> would you rather be kind of like a fatty or crazy? I think like Carrie Fisher takes some drugs like that because she's bipolar and has all kinds of issues. Oh, she's, she's fucking nuts. She's talking in her stage show about how she's like, yeah, I'm big and it sucks because I know like guys used to masturbate to posters of me, but like I'm big because I had a kid and I have to take drugs so that I could be a great mom to her. And so at a certain point, I was just like, all right, man. Yeah. Like I'm gonna this is take the way it's gonna go. Yeah. yeah. So this is what we talk about on sex and other human <laughs> activities. Uh, we talk about sex. Sure, sex is sort of always interwoven into what we discuss. Um, and some of our previous episodes are more sexual, but do you know? Also, it's just sort of like, hey, man. Marcus and I have lives, and sometimes <laughs> sometimes we can't just be all up and silly and sassy and horny all the time, you know? it's uh, Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm still horny. I'm still horny, too, dude. <laughs> That's the fucked up thing, is that I'm, like, real... I'm, yeah. like, sad, and, you know, been crying the past few days on and off and, uh, and stuff, and... But, like, I'm still horny. I'm still, like... And it's like you, you get in a kind of a catch-22 at a point like this because sometimes you're like me. I mean, I, I haven't, like, dated anybody in probably four months or anything, mm-hmm. something like that. I've gone on dates here and there. None of them have been particularly that good. Uh, but it's like that's the thing is that, like, you know, the the lo- the the lonely lonelier you are the sadder you get the more depressed you get and the more depressed you get and the sadder you get the less desirable you are to the opposite sex because you're sad and depressed so you become even more lonely yeah like, like i usually walk around feeling like pretty hot shit but the past <laughs> because i you know i know that i'm probably like uh, at my best i'm probably like a new york 7 and la 3 and a half but like god damn it if people haven't wanted to fuck me since i was 12 and you know it doesn't seem to be abating i'm perhaps one day it will as i age and i'll have to deal with that that's a whole other thing i'll read some inspiring books by such people as jane fonda and goldie hawn and i'll mm. feel better about life but and i'll go on yoga retreats and get into my crone wisdom but like right now i'm riding this like hot chick thing for as much as i can accessible quirky hot chick mm. as i said in a meeting the other day while pointing to my face there's nothing about this that says you could never fuck me <laughs> i think that's part of my appeal this is what i was saying to a very nice producer by the name of by the name of Derek Harvey uh, who uh, is a, a really funny guy he actually Derek and uh, and Tom Green went to high school together and hey he, I love and Tom he's, Green he's worked with Tom Green over the past many many they worked to, you know, together on all the Tom Green stuff all the Tom Green stuff was him and and, and Derek working together and Derek just came, was working on the show Skins and it's just done a lot of fun stuff so we were just talking and that was just one thing where I was like alright because you gotta know when you're like an actress and a comedian you gotta know yourself you can't be too delusional like yeah. you gotta know your level of hotness and you got to know how to roll with it you got to know what your appeal is anyway but so over the past couple days i've been like uh and we shot a video at work today and they had me on camera and i was looking at at the video and i was like we we did it without hair and makeup it was just like kind of a test for a bigger shoot later and i looked at it and i looked fucking exhausted and sad (laughs) and i was like oh my god i look exhausted and sad and so i'm just like uh i i you know i just i don't have the energy to like look hot for dick because mm-hmm. um, I just I'm like Ugh. but at the same time like I am horny I'm st- right now I'm kind of like can somebody just get me like two martinis and eat me out <laughs> like that's kind of the mo- but but like I'm not going to get up to do it and I kind of have to pee mm-hmm. but I'm too like depressed lazy to even go to the bathroom so like I might pee on your face while you eat my pussy while <laughs> I drink the two martinis that's where I am right now yeah. Marcus at the point where I am right now I'm in the I want to touch you phase yeah yeah which but are I, I you think gonna like that, put the effort out there to go after it if you meet a chick or are you just gonna be like i'm so sad somebody just hold me see that's uh, that's the thing that's where the point that I, like last night last night is actually a perfect example i was uh i was coming home from here at the creek in the cave uh and there's this bar in my neighborhood uh, mm-hmm. it's called lone wolf super super hipster bar mm-hmm. like extremely so and i felt like having a couple more drinks but among people i figured i could find like a quiet end of the bar to just sort of write in my notebook you know you mm-hmm. can't talk to yourself audibly so talk yeah. to yourself in the written word uh, and so i'm over there and there's this girl uh with this like long like beautiful black hair pretty much the type that i described earlier mm-hmm. and she's looking at me from across the bar yeah because you're a hot hipster dude alone 
alone, drinking in a bar, writing deep thoughts in his little book of goddamn poetry. That's like catnip to pussy. <laughs> and she kept looking at me, and uh, the whole time I'm like, go talk to her, go talk to her, go talk to her, go talk to her. She wants you to talk to her. Of course she wants you to talk to her. She keeps looking over there. She keeps looking over here. I keep looking over there. She keeps looking over there. And so I like finally I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and on my way back from the bathroom, I'm going to talk to her. So I go to the bathroom, and I come back, and I'm like almost there. I'm like, oh, I'll go have a cigarette first. And then I go out and have a cigarette, and I come back, and I sit down on the chair. Uh, and then she's and she like plays. She'd apparently been playing with a band earlier. She's like carrying a, a guitar, and she's about to walk out of the door. And I like look over her. She looks over at me, and I just give her like the goofiest wave, <laughs> just like hey. And she just kind of like waves back at me and walks the fuck. She's out, like, "This you know? is awkward. I gotta go." No, she probably yeah. thought you were cute, but she was just busy and had to go at that point. Oh no! no, no. But I on mean, your normal, if you weren't feeling all depressed and weird and in your in your like deep poetry of the soul moment, what would you? ordinarily have done uh ordinarily well that's the thing i never go to bars alone really yeah uh, so this in and of itself was kind of an odd event this was a, in and of itself something new to me something you know something that i had never really done before uh but honestly i am horrible at picking up girls in bars because but maybe, you would have, maybe you would have talked to her. Maybe you would have gone and said hi or something. Maybe I would have. If I was feeling better, maybe I would have. But if I was feeling better, I also wouldn't be drinking in a bar alone. That's true. <laughs> in conclusion, Marcus and I, well, not in total conclusion. I want to get to at least, uh, you know, just people saying nice things to us. So we can end on a nice note for fucking us. Of course. So Marcus and I are depressed, not too psyched about life at the moment. If, you know, I was pretty jazzed on, like, the work I'm doing during the day before I left for this trip. And when I came back i'm just like fuck it what does it all mean <laughs> who even cares i'm in a dark place um but i did get the cover for my book which is good i got the cover for my That's book awesome. which i'm very excited about which is called agora fabulous and driz ops february 14th and the cover is red and even though it's about me going insane um i am hoping that people will be fooled into buying it because it's red and very pretty and i look very pretty on the oh. cover and I'm fr- I-, I hope that people will be in the bookstore and they will think it's a Valentine's Day book because that's when it comes out and it'll be next to the pink and the red bullshit. And that's just, I'm like hoping that I can fool people into buying my book. Boy, that um, is an awkward gift to give someone. Absolutely. As a I Valentine's know. Day gift, as, a, like, as a romantic. Read about this bitch losing her fucking mind. <laughs> All right. So, da da da, we got Derek. Uh, am I supposed to say his name? Let's see. Was I supposed to say his name? You know what your name's, Derek. There you go. Uh, Derek. Right. Not the producer I was hanging out with the other day. Hello. I just got introduced this week to your podcast, Sex and Other Human Activities, from your appearance on Plus One Per DM on Sir, which is a Smodcast Internet Radio, with Kevin Smith and Jen Schwalbach. Oh, fucking Schwalbach. What a hot piece of ass that bitch is. Oh, yeah. Everybody who's listening, you tweeted Jen Schwalbach that she's a hot piece of ass. Uh, you can also tweet at her that I said that, that her friend wants to touch her in the butt. Anyway. And I had a, and I had to write in saying how awesome of a show it is as I catch up on the back episodes. I also want to say that Marcus sounds a lot like Chris Pontius or Pontius of Jackass fame, at least to me anyways. Huh. Just felt the need to point that out. The main reason, though, I'm emailing is that I wanted to ask why it is that many females tend to frown on a guy being a virgin at my age. I'm a 24-year-old straight male and recent college graduate from Wisconsin. Oh, like our boy Benny Kissel. <laughs> uh, with an average body and is so-so and being socially confident. I'm a bit of a sports nerd and a rock music junkie, so I'm not exactly comfortable in the bar club scene. I don't have a problem talking to women, but I just can't do the random hookup thing, and I have absolutely no skill with pickup lines, because I think they're lame. You're right, they are, Derek. Uh While I was raised Catholic, I definitely did not accept what the church and my CCD classes were trying to indoctrinate me from a young age. I talked about this with Kevin, which is why after I was confirmed during my junior year of high school, I told my parents I would not attend church anymore, and that I considered myself an atheist. Um, And so he's saying, he's clearly, his point is, I'm clearly not saving myself for marriage. Um, But I do want to lose my V-card in the right situation in a relationship. It's kind of hard getting to that situation, though, when most of the women I have gone down the road with decline going to the next step when they found out I'm a virgin because I don't have the experience they're looking for. How the hell am I supposed to get any experience when many women I've dealt with go for guys with much more experience than I are but who are huge douchebags? I know most women want the guy to take control, but that's just not who I am. Like Green Day said, nice guys do finish last, apparently. And he said, sorry for the long rambling email, but I'm Definitely a bit frustrated at this point. Derek, I mean, uh, goddamn. Simple answer on this one. Go for it. Don't tell him. 
Don't tell him. Yeah, don't we've tell talked him. about this before. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, Derek? Don't tell him. Stop telling him. If you're doing something over and over again and it's not working for you, it's time to change that thing. Mm-hmm. That's what crazy people do. Don't tell him. Don't give details. Be mysterious. I assume that you've kissed girls before. Um, they don't need to know any more than that. Yeah. If a girl wants to know about your sexual history other than, like, if you've gotten tested recently, mm. if she's going into details about your sexual history... None of her business. If she wants to know if you've been tested and how those results came out, that's a perfectly acceptable question and quite a smart one, too. Yes. But she, uh, just go, hey, man, you know, if she's asking, go, you know what, I'm not that comfortable going into details I've found in the past. It's not really helpful for me. With It doesn't always work well with girls. They don't really want to hear about a guy's history because that's true. We don't really want to. We obsessively think that we want to, but we don't really want to. Not really. So, you know, don't lie, but just go, hey, you know what? My past is my past. I'm with you now, girlfriend. You know what? I, I think a great answer for this is, yeah, you know what? There's not much to tell. Yeah, just say that. Not much to tell. I, th- I think that's a good thing because you're not lying. Absolutely. Mark, that's really smart. And, and if she pushes, just go listen. I've just never considered myself much of a man whore. And I don't like to kiss and tell. I f- think it's disrespectful to women. Any chick's going to be like, yeah, right on, buddy. Yeah. So, Derek, you try that out. And then hit us back up at Sarah at SarahBenincasa.com and let us know. Try that out with the next few women you meet. Just don't go into it. You're carrying it like this burden, like this thing you need to confess. Because, you know, we got the Catholic background. We still think we need to be TMI and confess. Oh, I yeah. do, too. But we actually don't. And uh, if this doesn't work, have you considered going back to the church? Yeah, think about that also. <laughs> Go back, hang. You know what? Those priests are going to get into it. They'll oh, be happier versions, sir. Love it. And also, kudos to you, man, for being a dude, going against the grain, and being like, fuck it, I'm 24. Uh, I want to wait for some chick I really dig. That's awesome. So we got something from a guy named Duncan. I found your show after your appearance on Kevin Smith's Plus One Per Diem. Ah, oh, what a great show that was. Thank you to Kevin and Jen for having me on, and, and uh, it was great to talk about sex and other human activities there, too. Of course, I blazed through your podcast on iTunes, and now I'm sad that I caught up and have to wait for the next one. I think I'm outside your target demographic, i.e. British teenager. That's true. That is our uh, that is our target dem. Haven't heard from one of those kids in a while, though. Yeah, British teens. Come on. Yeah, Sarah yeah. at SarahBenicasa.com. Get Let's off do your this. ass. Although, I was born in, he, although he was born in England to U.S. military parents, maybe that counts. Yeah, that's close enough. Sure. Late 30s. Wife and I have been together for 21 years. Oh, congratulations. Since you have That's experience great. with both sex and antidepressants, both Marcus and I do, mm-hmm. I'm hoping you might have some insight into my question. Last couple of years have been tough for me. I was laid off, then unemployed for two years. God, that's depressing. I've been there. Not for that long, but it sucks. Thankfully, yeah. I recently found a job again, but during my unemployment, I started taking a generic form of Prozac for anxiety attacks and depression. It has greatly helped my ability to deal with life, but at a cost to my sex life, I have very little sexual desire now. I know my wife feels like it's because I don't find her ex- Exciting, but I just don't have much sexual interest. There are times that I start masturbating and halfway through lose interest and stop to see what else is on TV. I know that sexual appetite declines as men age and that antidepressants can affect libido, but is there a way to balance the depression and sex? Plan on talking to my doctor at my next appointment, but would appreciate any advice. Thanks for the help, and I love the show, Duncan. Thanks, Thank Duncan. You, Duncan. Duncan, my little monkey pants, there is help for you. Yes, there is. Um, I have heard from people who have not done so well um, with the sexual side effects with some things. Of course, Marcus can speak more to this, being a dude. But I've heard from, from women... And I am not a doctor, of course, so I'm not telling you to go out and ask for this drug, but I have heard from females who've had trouble with, multiple females who have trouble with the orgasm thing on Prozac, and uh, they uh, they changed, they did a little bit of a drug cocktail, or they added in, like, Wellbutrin, or mm-hmm. a drug like that, that um, that helped them um, in that way. For me, it has not been a problem. My When I was on Paxil, I had huge sex problems but prozac has been good for me everybody's body's different so talk to your doctor there's different options out there here's another option because here's what it sounds like to me because there are two different types of people that take antidepressants i Mm -hmm. think people who have to take it for their entire lives yes you know that uh, people like me like i'm going to be taking uh pills for my shit until the day i die uh i mean that's just the way it's going to be uh, the other kind of uh, people who take antidepressants are people who are trying to get through a particularly bad part of their life, like a super sad yeah. part of the life, a like part of life that layoff. they just can't, like a layoff and being unemployed for mm-hmm. two fucking years. Or, you know, you know, other people take it after there's a, the death of a loved one. You know, things like that. People take it to help them get through bad shit. Um, so it's very possible that you might be able to stop taking it. You've got a job, but here's the thing. 
talk to your fucking doctor. Yeah. Talk to your doctor. If your doctor doesn't think it's a good idea, then don't do it. Talk to all. That's all I'm saying. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying right now. I'm you not. Might, I'm not yeah. telling you to go off of them. All I'm saying is it's something worth asking. You might even be able to drive a bargain with your doctor. Like, let's say that you're on 40 milligrams of Prozac, right? And let's say your starter dose was like 10. And you talk to the doctor. You're like, listen, this is freaking me out. I don't know. You could be like, look, doc, can I go down to 30? Mm-hmm. Can I try that? Let's see how that goes. Well, he's going to have to do I that anyway. Yeah, you're going to have to taper off it anyway. So why not, instead of jumping to something new right away, be like, well, what if we lower this dose? Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. You know, let's go down to 30, see how that goes emotionally, give it a couple months, see if it changes. I mean, I, I think also your wife, I feel sorry for your wife, but I do think that uh, my hope is this, that you can show her enough literature um, and just be like, look. Look, this is common. This is not about you. If you show her, you know, reputable literature, go to the Mayo Clinic or Mayo Clinic, I never know how to say it, out there in, I think they're in Minnesota. Go to their website. Um, look at some stuff that Dr. Andrew Weil has, has done on his website on antidepressants and their uh, side effects. Go to the the drug maker's website and show the uh, the side effects and stuff. Show that reputable stuff to your wife. If she still doesn't believe it, takes it on herself, that's just her internalizing shit that's her own problem she for for whatever reason she wants to tell herself that story but when you show her the proof repeatedly that it's not her fault that's all you can do yeah that's it and you've been married for 21 years yeah so i think it's gonna be all right i think it's fairly common from what you know from what i've heard of course i haven't been married or at all much less for 21 years but i think as women grow older and they're in and i think women and men as they grow older and they're in a relationship for a long time i think that's one of the worries that they have is that their partner may not be sexually attracted Mm -hmm. to them anymore you know and this is maybe just a trigger for that absolutely so good luck to you good sir do we have time for one more uh, we have time for a quick one. Okay, quick one. My name is Rob, and I live in the UK. I heard your guest spot on Plus One with Kevin Jen and loved you and your fella and subscribed to your podcast. I love it. You and Marcus are brilliant. Oh. You and Marcus are brilliant, and the guests you've had are too. too the right. show is amazing. It always amuses and informs me to no end. And we do really bad British accents, and it's a thing, and we're just going to keep... We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop. We're not going to stop talking. I will never stop talking about how I think Daleks sound like Welsh people. Never. And that's just something that I am committed to. My favorite one is the Monty Python <laughs> woman British accent. That is the British the first British accent every American boy learns how to do. It's yeah. like, oh, what are you doing? It's a Sarah! I have something I wanted to ask that is a more what shall I do next situation than a problem per se. I've been in a great relationship for over two years now with my lovely girl, and recently the idea of being more open and inviting other people into it for fun Z's. I added the Z's. This has gone as far as to say that at some point we could, if we were both okay with it, sleep with other people separately if the person was not a threesome candidate. Oh, interesting. At first and now to a lesser extent, this idea scared me a lot. The idea that my girlfriend has a desire to sleep with other people, especially without me involved, is obviously shocked the system in a relationship, but she's assured me that it's purely for the occasional bit of fun and to expand our sex lives. You know what? I think the woman has to initiate that. If that's ever going to work, it has to come from the girl. Oh, fuck yeah. It's probably still going to be fucked up, but it has to come from the girl because if it comes from the guy, it's just going to turn into a nightmare. Yeah, Tasting different up. flavors coming home to your favorite, as she puts it. It will take me a while, but I can get on board with this. I have to admit the idea of trying out other people is a nice one and was just wondering if you could give any advice on where to go and what to do next. I want to take it rather slow and she seems rather okay with it already. I don't want to be an anchor for the situation and stop her having fun, but I don't want to rush into anything. This for me is a big leap for a relationship. Once again, love the show, love the infectious energy and humor you guys have. Rob. Rob, you're fucking rad, man. Listen, if this is what she wants to do, and if you truly feel that it's a good idea, um, and you're okay with it, then I would get yourself on a nice little website. And I'm not sure which ones are big in the UK, but I would put yourself on a nice a nice website that's fun, kind of a swinging thing. Um, and I would start just say, you know what, you're in you're in a relationship, you're looking for non-committal fun. You know, I would whatever the um, um, the the version of it on that website is would be awesome. You know and what I think? What you got to look for? You got to look for a swap situation. 
Oh, a couple swap. I think a couple swap is going to be the best thing to do here. A swapity do where yeah. it's like trade, like the trade that the, those two uh, Yankee ball players had in the seventies. <laughs> like exactly. the fir- first season, Steinbrenner buys the team, uh, is on board with the team, and they're like, "Whatever, man, we're just going to swap wives." Mm-hmm. Press conference, motherfucker. And it still works to this day. Well, one of the one of the couples broke up, but one of that couple is, is still married to this day. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say in the, because I think if just she does it, then it's going to fuck with your head. Like, if it's just her going out and fucking another dude, then, you know, you feel, I think that could maybe possibly create some sort of wall between you. Because I've had the same thing mm-hmm. posited to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did not like the idea. This is just me personally. I did not like the idea of her going out uh, with without me and just you know sleeping with. She was like, "We're going for women." Like she wanted to sleep with a woman. Uh, I didn't like that idea at all. Uh, so the compromise: swingers party. Yeah, we went to a swingers party, did a little bit of switcheroos, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it was still really weird. And yeah. I did not like it that much. I remember it you was, telling me about that. It was fun for a while, and then at a and certain then it point, got, you and the other dude were just sitting there, kind of like, uh. Yeah, it's like, should I still be playing with myself right now? I mean, I can't really ask the guy like, so what kind of movies do you like to watch? You know, so bro, are you into comic books? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pretty sweet, dude. Yeah. What did you think of Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing in the eighties? Let's talk about that yeah. while like you're girlfriends like double fisting his chick yeah it went from uh hot to boring to weird and uncomfortable i want to leave right fucking now i would say they need to find they need to set up find people online that they like talk to them and when they set up dates set up set up those dates at the same time you know have a date be like tonight's date night going on some adventures we will report back to each other Mm -hmm. i think that if you're truly in an open relationship, you will report back to one another of what course. happened. And even if and it, that's sexy, you know, give it a whirl. If that's if it ends up being fun, then stick with it. You need to talk about it, and you need to have a really rob. You need to everything I know from people who do polyamorous relationships is that you must. There's a lot of talking, a lot of honesty, a lot of processing feelings. It sounds personally like too much work to me. Oh God! But <laughs> you know, I also think that a threesome. I mean, I don't know if your chick is in, into chicks or dudes, but um, a threesome might be a good option for you guys to start. These because they're very different things. A threesome is a very different thing from two people going off separately with other individuals. So you and the you and your girl need to lay out ground rules first. Oh yeah. And the number one ground rule has to be if what anyone is doing in this relationship with anyone hurts the other person and, and brings the other person down and has a negative impact on the other person's life, I will stop doing it. Yeah. Because, listen, if your girl is, is into a, doing it with a dude, she does it with him, it makes you sad, she shouldn't do it anymore. And if she wants to do it, she can get out of the relationship with you and vice versa. So set those ground rules. Be very specific with each other. And I would recommend uh, not necessarily saying, okay, we're going to do this. Let's set down some ground rules. I'd recommend saying, like, okay, Say we were to do this, mm-hmm. what would the yeah. ground rules be? Like, you know, approach it from a hypothetical situation. So if, you know, you come across whenever you're talking and you come across stuff that you know that you're not going to be down with, that you're not going to be cool with, uh, then, you know, I think if you say we're going to do this and you might be a little more inclined to kind of give it a pass, it's like, okay, I guess, you know, with stuff that you're really not comfortable with. Yeah, you guys need to be very upfront with each other. And understand this is an unusual situation. It may go with the instincts of the genitals, but it goes against the instincts of the human heart. So you need to, um, with most human hearts anyway, um, so you need to be go slow and um, not act as if... Don't, Lose all concept of cool has to go out the window here, Rob. You just need to be very truthful, very down to earth, very honest, even when it's embarrassing and, you know, you show yourself to be less of a cool swinger than maybe you'd like to be. Thank you for writing to us. Um, thank you to Derek and Duncan for writing to us as well. Thank you to uh, everybody who uh, who wrote to us and, uh, you know, shared some stuff with us. Thanks for listening. Um, Sarah at SarahBenincasa.com is where you can reach us. Twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa. Go to Facebook. Facebook.com slash sex and other human activities. Hang out with Marcus. Twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. We heart you. Have a fabulous week. We will talk to you next week. Go to CaveComedyRadio.com.